0: This is Archery Unfiltered, the show that cuts out all the nonsense and gets right to the core of what it takes to make you a better archer. What's happening, fuckos? I got a killer guest for you guys today. I got Tom Parkinson. He's agreed to give up his, well, part of his morning on Saturday to, uh, come on and teach us all a little bit about strings and stuff Well, he didn't he didn't come at it with that angle but that's what I wanted him on for because I knew the guy knows a ton about strings uh I'm just now realizing we didn't even get into like um like transitions which on strings which is like one of his specialties and transitions is where it goes from like your end serving on your string to your your end loop and and that whole process but we get into a bunch of stuff uh, Tom's super knowledgeable. The guy has really been owning his craft for years. And, uh, I've been wanting to have him on for a while now. Um, just because, you know, I'm a fan of his work. I buy strings from him. Uh, my buddy does as well, along with a bunch of other, you know, serious shooters, you know, a good example, Steve Anderson, Linda Choa. um, you know, he doesn't lean on that a whole bunch. I kind of lean on it because it gets people to listen, you know. You start throwing around big names, people start to understand. Like, oh, shit, just, this is not just – this guy is not just your regular string builder, you know. And, and don't get me wrong, there's – I'm sure there's great string builders everywhere. But Tom's next level and, you know, I want it – you know, I was trying to show everyone that on my videos, just looking at his strings. When I install them, you can tell their next level the you know the natural reaction by some people is like oh well you know good looking strings it, you know we're not in it for a, to win a beauty competition and yeah that's true but um there's other strengths to this guy's work and um yeah it's just cool it's cool the guy gave up his morning to to sit down and talk and uh i thought it was awesome i appreciated a bunch. And, uh, hopefully you guys can pull some great information out of this. Like, you know, we go over a ton of stuff. The guy knows a ton of stuff about all kinds of bows. And, um, unfortunately I kind of cut him off early and, um, and then I got him back. So, you know, we kind of have this, uh, podcast in two parts. I'll try to blend them together the best I can. Um, hopefully you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, because, you know, it's all going with this um, interview the way it is, I'll just say the sponsors up front for the episode, Darren and Beth, or I'm sorry, Darren Bett, Uh at DB Custom Coatings. They do Sarah coding on uh, risers. Uh, they are my friends. They do great work. I'm going to get a bow coded on Sunday. And, uh, and uh, Carbon Craft Stabilizers. Uh, you know, you guys know me, I'm always pushing small business. Carbon Craft Stabilizers is like a... One man show where Brian Webb is making quite possibly with the best stabilizer I've shot to date. So, if you guys are interested, you guys can hit up Brian Webb at Impact Archery. You can call West Coast Archery in Petaluma. They take orders for carbon craft stabilizers. Um, they're definitely worth it. You know, I will let you guys shoot my personal carbon craft bars if you want to t- test them out for a day. I got no problem with that. So, uh, Enough about that. You guys enjoy this interview with Tom Parkinson. All right. It is badass. The guy's awesome. I plan to get him on again. We'll talk about, you know, next time we'll talk about transitions and some other things, um, you know, maybe bow tuning. But for this one, uh, I just want to introduce Tom, you know, his history, the things he's done, you know, how awesome his business model is. And, um, you know, and, and then I pick his brain. I get into picking his brain, and we just have a an awesome conversation. So you guys enjoy, and uh, let me know what you think, all right? See you guys. What's up? How's it going? Good morning, Tom. Morning. Uh, thanks for being a guest on my show, dude. Yeah, no problem. Thanks <laughs> for having me. <laughs> dude, uh, so I just wanted to start by telling you I'm a big fan of what you do. I mean, most people know because I've you know, i been ranting and raving about your stuff on Facebook. Um, I'm not the only one, though. Steve Anderson and, you know, Lindo Choa have been, you know, uh, kind of like one, some of your main, uh, what's the word, proponents, you know? Uh, yeah. yeah. So let's jump, jump right in for people that don't know. You're Tom Parkinson. You are a string builder uh, and kind of what i would call one of the last craftsmen <laughs> you know i feel like i feel like being a craftsman is a, a dying breed you and me have a mutual friend butch baker who is also uh i would put in that category of uh the dying craftsman <laughs> you know
1: yeah butch is uh butch is good at what he does he's uh you know he, he loves fabricating stuff and he's always thinking outside the box so that's what makes him that's what makes him uh as good as he is <laughs> well I,
0: I think both of you guys are really good at what you do um so you know let's start by uh you know telling the audience well my audience <laughs> it's so it's weird to say <laughs> audience <laughs> yeah. but like my listeners uh tell us about um who you are and how you got started building strings
1: well, so I've been around in archery my whole life. Um, my family uh, grew up in. I was born in Lower Michigan. Uh, my family worked for Bear Archery uh, since the late 1940s. Had a great aunt that sewed leather for Mr. Bear. Um, you know the quivers and the finger tabs stuff like that. And my dad and uncles um, all worked at Bear Archery. So. Um, archery's kind of been always in my blood. Um, my mom and dad used to shoot leagues, archery leagues, uh, with recurves back in the day, kind of like bowling, bowling leagues. Uh-huh. It was, was kind of mixed doubles type stuff. And, uh-huh. Um, so that's kind of always, uh, I, I vaguely remember going to, uh, breakfast with my dad at the Grayling restaurant and, Uh, sit at this big table and Fred bear would walk in and sit down at the same table at the time. I'm like, okay, it's just, you know, some, (laughs) some, it was my dad's boss, right? No, no, no no big deal. You know, (laughs) nice guy. I remember he had, of course I was like eight. How old was I? I don't know. Somewhere eight, nine, ten years old, somewhere in there. Uh And, or before, you know, before, um, so bear Bear barretty moved down to Florida and then, uh, that was that was before they moved and um uh, anyways uh i didn't know the significance of you know fred bear like he was just some my dad's boss and <laughs> just some guy and, in the uh, archery business <laughs> some some guy in archery business you know and, and uh so then uh then we moved from there when my when they moved uh my dad had to find another job and then we moved to the up michigan mm-hmm. the um Grew grew up here, graduated from up here, and then uh, went in the Air Force after that. Uh-huh. Um, spent thirty years, four months, and fourteen days in the Air Force. Not that I was counting every day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, enjoyed that. I, I loved. I, I loved. Uh, loved all the people in the military, and uh, I was a jet mechanic by trade. Um, and, okay. uh, actually, I, actually that- before I, oh, go ahead.
0: I was going to say that that. It kind of makes sense to me like you were a jet mechanic i imagine it, you know it's you have to be meticulous uh yeah. it, it doesn't seem like an easy gig i mean i work on speakers i'm like mm. a speaker mechanic and i can get away with like fudging stuff sometimes i kind of feel like yeah. jet mechanics <laughs> don't yeah, really no.
1: get that <laughs> you know that leeway no you can't do that no <laughs> not you know you're not, you're, you're uh Uh, Your goal as a jet mechanic and, you know, we work, worked in some austere conditions, you know, and the flight line's always usually super hot, super cold, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and you're out there and and your goal is to, you know, that, that, that airplane is uh, the pilot's uh, piece of test equipment, right? You you want it perfect every time uh, so they can come home and read stories to their kids at night. And that, and that's, you know that it, when you you have to put the human element. In, you know whether you're in the airlines or you're uh, uh, in the air force or whatever branch you're working on airplanes. You if you have to put the human element in it into it and just make sure you do it right every time and so uh, so so nobody dies or gets hurt. Right. And uh, and before that, you know, before uh, all through high school, I was in the trades. Uh, we had a really good vocational school, so I I was a machine shop. I did a lot of machine shop, uh, home building, that type of stuff, and then uh, for I never finished, but I went to a small school in um, Lower Michigan called Fair State, and uh, went there for uh, machine shop and tool and die making. So uh, precision, um, precision instruments, uh, being um, meticulous and OCDs kind of always, always
0: something you've been
1: uh, familiar. Uh, always with. something, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. So then, uh, so I started, I started my business, uh, you know, I, um, let me first start out by saying that, uh, I, you know, for a little guy, I, I wouldn't be as successful, um, as I have been without the help of a lot of people out there. You know, I, I was a sponge. Um, I was, uh, you know, I have a lot of good friends that are great string builders, um, that are just as meticulous as I am, they care about their product and they know bows inside and out. Um, traveled all over the country. Every, every place that I went, uh, you know, um, like going down to Texas and, in uh, on a little short deployment, um, you know, met some great people down there, Viking archery. The guy, the guy that owned that place was, a, you know, um, he had the very first patent on a mechanical release. Whoa. Um, yeah. You, you know, so there, I, I've been every, everywhere I go, everywhere I went, I I tried to go into an archery shop and just learn from people, uh-huh. try to stay humble. I, I, I don't go into anything, even, even when I build a string, I go into it with humility because I don't, I learn something every time. Every time I build a string, I learn something. Every time I tune a bow, I learn something. Mm-hmm. I learn more from people who are just starting out and archery when i'm helping them tune their bows and stuff I, le- I learn more from them people than i do anybody else you know because it's <laughs> so if you don't if you don't go into you know every every single task i do i go into it with humility not thinking that i know everything right but uh just wanted to you know i, I could name a ton of people out there that are uh that that helped me over the years um but but I know I'd miss somebody, so I'm not going to do it. <laughs> you know? So, you know, uh, so, so basically that's, that's who I am. Uh, started my business while I was still active duty military. Um, and so were you
0: still in Michigan we, at the time that you started?
1: No, no, I was, uh, in Idaho. Okay. Yep. I spent the last 23, uh, 23 years in Idaho. Um, I, uh, so I was back and forth, uh, went to Korea a couple times. Um, you know, when you go to Korea, you're there for a year long assignment. And so oh, you're, uh, you know, so it's, uh, when you, and then when I, when I finally started my business, uh, um, I was in a position to where I wasn't going to be, um, you know, the, I deployed, I, you know, I still deployed, but I wasn't going to get assigned somebody somewhere else. So, mm-hmm. um, so So when you're a, when you're a single person, shop owner, business owner like me, it's, you know, there's some, uh, there's some pros and cons, right? So you have, um, the pros are that I'm the only one that touches the stuff, but you know, I, I don't, nobody else builds my strings, nobody else tunes bows. So I'm the only one to blame when (laughs) <laughs> something goes wrong right right <laughs> uh so you know that that's a pro you know the the qc uh that's you know that that's a pro the con is um you know sometimes life life gets in the way you know like i i went on deployment or i had to go we called it tdy temporary duty assignment mm-hmm. and so so you know you can't um you know, you're not focusing on your business. You got to focus on your other job and, uh, or health reasons. Um, you know, but another drawback to being a, you know, a lone wolf, so to speak is, uh, you know, like last year, two years ago, right about right when COVID started, I, I never, um, I, I never, never caught COVID, but, you know, I ended up in a hospital, with uh, emergency surgery. And I don't want this to be about me, but I'm just telling you what the drawbacks of uh, being oh, no, a yeah. single, no, I understand. Uh, single single point of failure, so to speak. <laughs> so, but, well, there's, so,
0: there's something kind of cool about that. Um, yeah. you know, it's one of the things I've been harping on is that you get, you know, with a single guy um, running the show, you get yep. that guy's work all a hundred percent of the time. And, There's, like, local shops here um, where I live in the Bay Area in California where people will bring a bow in uh, to my buddy and be like, hey, you know, I didn't buy this bow here. And he can look at it and he can be like, okay, so you got it from this shop. Uh, um, Do you know who, like, (laughs) you know, it's kind of like a a guessing game to who set this guy's bow up. And, uh, you know, there's little um signatures of you know this bow came from this shop or this shop but then after that it's kind of like well man i can't i can't you know this bow's built ass backwards (laughs) you know what i mean yeah uh, well
1: and then yeah and you're right and then you know it's and then you get like like say you're that person that goes to that shop they find the guy that sets up that that bow correctly right and then thereafter every time they go into that shop they don't want anybody else touching that bow but that guy Mm -hmm. right because they set it up or or whoever set it up for them that's who they want they go now you know you know i want this they'll they'll ask for them personally i've seen it all the time or hey i want i want this person to set up my bow he did a good job last time Uh right and then and then if the shop says well you know you know i i've also seen it where if that person's not there or he's not going to be there that that person will say, well, I'll just wait until he comes back. Right. Right? So, so yeah, (laughs) they don't want to chance Uh, it. Yeah. They don't want to chance it because they've experienced, you know, they've had a good experience there. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. I, I, um, I, I like, I like being able to, um, you know, I like, i I like being that person that's responsible for everything, you know? Um, Man. Being in the military, it's like Being riding a... a bike with no helmet, <laughs> Tommy.
0: You're like, it'll <laughs> <Yeah>. be me. <laughs> Come yeah, back well, and find me.
1: <laughs> you know, if, if you don't know this about military people, we we actually most military people um, s- survive off of stress, right? We 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 like we like stress. Sometimes, sometimes without stress, you know, you're. Um, it, I don't know if it makes sense or not, but, um, we, that's just how we operate. You know, that's how we, that's how we've been trained. That's how we, you know, so, um, I, every time I build a string and I send it out and I, um, I, I, mean, I follow up with all my customers cause I, uh, not that I think that I did something wrong, but I, I want them to be happy, you know, and that's a kind of stress. It's a kind of a, I guess it's a good stress. <laughs> um so you know i mean i i like if and i'll tell i'll i try to be uh i try to establish a relationship with everything i got thousands of strings out there you know thousands yeah. of sets and i try i try to establish a relationship with every every person out there so i can and so i guess i put that stress on myself you know hey is it do we need to tweak uh a cable here or a, or a string there to get you the right draw length or how <laughs> right. how's it you know, and well, that and, was so uh, cool.
0: Like, between yeah. me and my buddy Jim, Jim was the guy who bought a set of your strings mm-hmm. first. And he mm-hmm. texted me and he goes, Hey, that guy, that that Tom Parkinson guy, he called me. We talked today on the phone. And I was like, What? And he's like, I can't believe this dude wants to talk to someone from California. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah. we were, like, we we're like, What? And then, you know, when I got bought, uh, I bought a set of strings from you. And then I told Jim, I was like, Hey, me and Tom talked on the phone for like 30 minutes. This was freaking cool. You know, yeah,
1: yeah. It's just that's that's just the way I always been. If I can if I can do it, I you know I'll, I'll do that and and then um and then you know and we establish a relationship and you know a lot of times those folks will call me back up and you know they'll will walk through tuning or you know hey you know uh, just and it just kind of and then I always tell them hey get you know I I welcome negative feedback too. Just tell me tell me where. Mm-hmm. tell me where I need, cause I want to get better. You know, I just, I keep wanting to get better. Right. Um, yeah. but let me back up a little bit sure. real quick if you don't mind. No, totally. I don't is- lose str- so um, when we were talking about being, uh, um, you know, uh, so my business model is, is I, I don't take a dime from anybody until, um, until the strings are ready to ship or, or whatever. And, mm-hmm. And the reason being is because, remember, uh, when, when I mentioned a little bit, life gets in the way of some things. and Right. Um, like last year, um, you know, I'll, I'll have string orders. I'll have people that will order. And, um, and the reason I don't take money is because, um, like, if you, if you had a family emergency, right, and, or, like, right now the gas prices are horrible. And, and you needed that 90 bucks or $110 to fill up your gas tank. Mm-hmm. I don't have your money you know, I don't have your money. You say, Hey Tom, I need to cancel the order. I, you know, my family comes first or I a family emergency. I need the money or, or I sold the, I sold the bow, you mm-hmm. know, so I don't need that set of strings anymore. So I don't have your money. You know, you don't, you know, um, and, uh, so that's, that's one way. And then the other way is if I get, if I, like last year, I think it was last year, two years ago, I had, I had quite a few orders and then I ended up in a an emergency room with, uh, I had emergency hernia surgery where the, my uh, intestine was getting pinched off, right? And that's with, uh, from, from my stomach muscles, and that's pretty that can be pretty serious. And uh-huh. and so I ended up having emergency surgery. Um, and then a few months after that, I don't know what happened. I, I mean, I don't know what happened, but I had these – I am kind of old. I got these set <laughs> so, so like an old car and need, need fixing once in a while. But I had these chest pains. So, so both those, both those peer and during COVID, um, you know, supply chain stuff, you know, I'm not making excuses, but life just gets in the way. And so if I'm down and out for like, when I had my hernia surgery, I was out for a couple of weeks, same thing with the chest pain until that went away. Um, they never did find anything, but, um, I have nobody to carry the torch, right? right. So, um, there's nobody that, to build strings or fulfill those orders where you know, the larger string companies, I, I give them a lot of credit. You know, they, they employ folks, they, they, um, they have people to carry the torch in case the, the well, business owner goes yeah. down. And yes, you know,
0: but some of those string companies, especially in this last year got bogged down where like I paid, I think I paid like $140 for a set of strings. And then I had to wait three months, four months to get yeah, that set. Well, so it, it happens. I mean, even with the big companies yeah. too. So. yeah, yeah.
1: I just, yeah, it, it can. I mean, they're, but they're so, um, I mean, I guess that goes to show you that there's, there's a demand for strings out there from there's so m- that that's, it's crazy how many people, how many string builders there are out there and, and you get backed up with, uh, um, you know, people have to wait. Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> we, uh, you know, so that's that's always been my business model. I don't have your money, um, and uh, in case one of us, you you or I or whoever, has a family emergency or something, you know, nobody's out anything, right? And if I built that set of strings and you can't you can't pay me, somebody will come along and you know need a set of you know, right. TRX 40, 40 strings, right? Right. It's not like it's not like um, uh, you know, I I have a few string sets that are nobody nobody has ever uh the whole uh since two thousand nine, one person I've I've only been um stuck with or one person um has you know uh I don't want to say what, what's a good word for it. I, I've only been burnt one I've I've only been I've only been burnt one time. And, uh, I, don't, I don't with, say it diplomatically. That, yeah. I've only been burnt one time with that business model. And uh so so uh archery people in archery for the most part are pretty honest. They're, they're, uh, they're, uh, I love the people in archery. I've, um, they've been upfront and honest and, um, I, you know, uh, I've had people, you know, speaking of honesty, you know, like, uh, like I don't, I don't have a written warranty, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, on my website, I clearly state, I don't, I don't have a warranty, Uh but, um, I, I don't need to put it in writing because, when you pay for a set of strings as far as i'm concerned that's a handshake deal right if my handshake is no good then why why am i why am i even in business right so right. so if something happens if it's my workmanship i'll take care of you and there's been cases um uh like just just the other day a, a guy emails me said hey i need a new string i screwed it up installed it you know i i didn't even tell him I built a new string, put it in an envelope, and wrote on the invoice, um, "Hey, thanks for being honest. This one's on the house." You oh, know, man. so you know, so um, as long as you're honest with me and we have that honest working relationship, then um, I, it, so far it's been good. Um, sometimes I get, you know, pretty maxed out with string orders, and you know, mm-hmm. I apologize to anybody up front. Um, but now that I'm um, retired, um, so I I did. 30 years in the air force and did almost another nine years, uh, for the department of defense. And so, uh, we decided to, uh, um, my, we came back to Michigan for 4th of July. My wife said, Hey, you know, we, my wife really liked it here and, her, and our family. Her family's still, our two boys are still out West and her family's still in Utah. And, and she said, why don't we sell our house? She goes, when are you ever going to retire? Because I would, I would work, you know, um, well, I was active duty air force. It was 10 hours every day. And then I'd go spend another 10 hours in the shop Jesus. and then, and, and then, yeah. And then, and then we, same thing when I was a, a DOD civilian, I'd work and go spend, you know, being, being in the shop till midnight every night. Um, oh, man. and then, uh, you know, um, so then <laughs> she said, when are you ever going to really retire? And I, I don't. I, I can't, right? It's not, it's not <laughs> it's in my not, DNA. not in your nature. <laughs> no. So, so, uh, the housing market was really good in Boise and we came back to Michigan. We said, oh, you know, we can find a pretty nice home. Um, we got equity in our house there in in, uh, in our little town there. And so I resigned from my job. Um, and, um, it took a little deferred retirement, deferred my retirement till I'm 62 from there. And then, um, we sold our house and packed up and moved to Michigan like the Beverly hillbillies. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, so here we are. We came back here. We, we came back here to take care of my mom. Uh, my, my mom's doing, she's, she's good. She's, uh, you know, uh, pretty vibrant 82 years old, but, uh, she hasn't had any family here for 40 years. And, oh, no. um, so my brother was in the air force, uh, I mean, he was stationed in California and he moved to Arizona and then I've been out West the whole time. And so it was time to come home. So my mom could have some family back here. And so here we are. Oh, that's cool. Yeah.
0: Are you, uh, yeah. are you a full-time stream, bu- string builder and shop, uh, operator right now?
1: Well, yeah. Um, I want to say semi full-time, semi full-time. Um, gotcha. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I've been able to keep up on orders. I've been, uh, keeping up to my promise. I, you know, uh, we, uh, you know, my website says one to two weeks and I've been, I've been able to, uh, keep up with that demand. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm getting bows. Um, I'm also, you know, I also, so part of my genre, the cool thing about my, my job is, uh, people send me their, their bows to install strings on and tune and, mm-hmm. and then I se- I send them back. And the cool thing about that is, is, I get to work on just about every bow out there, <laughs> get to know, get to know the insides and Inside and out of uh, all of those, and uh, yeah. So fuck.
0: that's another thing. I won't I won't beeline it too hard off of the mm-hmm. uh, you know um, what we're talking about. But like uh, one of the things that I really like about your, the videos you post on Facebook is like you're a lot like I am and like a couple other people where you do a lot of testing on things. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, like recently you had a video about um, uh, clocking the bear shaft and seeing which direction the bear shaft. <laughs> flips
1: yeah that was kind of a geeky video
0: huh? no that was cool that was cool because there's a lot of um, like, there's a lot of people that are trying to figure out what makes a bear shaft turn what direction you know
1: well it, you know that thing is uh, so I don't know I, they were kind of long videos and they're not they're not professional but they're they're uh, the testing that I did was I mean I, I tried to think of everything i could every configuration i could because there was this you know some uh, pro archer put out there uh i'm not going to name the names but he, he he pro archer put it out there he goes hey i i, I fletch my arrows um in the direction that the, in the natural spin of the arrow mm-hmm. um, and uh so which you know of course that person's a right-handed right-handed uh shooter and most and it really doesn't matter what hand you uh, you know, what hand you are left or right-handed, uh-huh. but it, but, uh, he more than likely shot a string that's has a right-handed twist in it. Right. And I did that whole testing on my, you know, I did everything, every configuration Yeah, I could, because now people are saying, Hey Tom, uh, I have a, uh, my arrow is spinning, um, left, but, uh, I only have a right-hand helical jig so can you twist my can you make a left-handed twist string so my arrows will spin in the direction that i'm uh-huh. fletching uh-huh. and i'm like uh well i can but i'm not um because <laughs> because because what there there's a couple companies out there that do build with left-handed twist
0: mm-hmm.
1: um i i don't know I really don't know why. Um, yeah,
0: I don't either. A, uh, mm-hmm. Like ABB is one of these companies, and my buddy Rudy mm-hmm. wants me to shoot ABB super bad, but I don't mm-hmm. want to strip all my. You know, I, I'm a believer in in fletching to the direction of the arrow, and uh, you know, from mm-hmm. what I've seen, you know, it looks mm-hmm. like uh, that twist plays into the the arrow clocking you know in your video you showed that it also has a lot to do with the serving like the the way the the serving imparts a a, you know how much twist goes into that arrow
1: yeah and I think I I don't know what actually causes it I I know after my testing I know um, what the results were with the different string configurations Mm -hmm. but i i mean i can only speculate so i reached out to i don't know if you ever heard of a a gentleman by the name of greg park from australia Uh, Um, no no he's he he's uh he he does if you get a chance to read his book he's got some he's got some stuff out there about uh, he did a lot of testing aerodynamic testing um and uh good stuff i mean he's wind tunnel testing on arrow points and all kinds of things like that and he, i think he's done some testing for easton i could be wrong but uh um i even reached out to him i said hey have you you know what do you what do you think about this and he just didn't he said he didn't never worried about it <laughs> so, <laughs> and and uh you know and i reached out to steve i said hey you know what do you think about this he goes, i don't he goes i've never seen a difference in point of impact he goes like you know i basically you know he shoots a Hoyt, so most a lot of Hoyt shooters fletch their arrows with the left-handed mm-hmm. helical for for vein clearance yep. you know mostly for vein clearance so it had nothing to do with point of impact or, or right it
0: was uh, it's vein clearance to get away from your cable guard right is the right. main thing for yeah. hoits because people yeah. run their cable guard
1: in to get the bow mm-hmm. to
0: tune and yeah right.
1: yeah so. so anyway so what i the best the best my speculation, um, just by analyzing it the way I did, is that the center serving um, is, if you look at it like a screw, like a machine screw, right? It's got threads. It's the way it's served and it's threaded. And somehow, when the knock is on there, um, I, I'm not. I just think that that tiny, those tiny little threads somehow put a tiny little. Just a tiny little, with the micro, force. Like
0: a, a micro flick on the arrow. Right,
1: mm-hmm. right. And uh, because uh, if you notice in my video that if I had knock pinch, when I had knock pinch on it, because mm-hmm. uh, I, I even put the D, I squished the D loop down on a knock. And even with knock pinch, with the knock pinch, my arrow didn't rotate. Right. It, it was, it. Um, so once I got rid of the knock pinch, then the arrows would start to rotate. Mm-hmm. depending on that yeah so um and people ask me that all the time you know they'll say well w- does it make a difference And I, and i i'll tell them and i've done this too i i've taken the left-handed string went out and shot it you know with the right hand with the right helical and with the left helical and the point of impact didn't change mm-hmm. but but if it but archery is a mental game, right? So, (laughs) (laughs) so, so if you, if you think, if you think that that's going to help you, if if you think that's going to help your arrow flight, then, then by all means do it. I mean, there's no harm in it. So I'm just not going to, what's crazy.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tom.
1: Oh, I'm just not going to, I can't, I can make left-handed. So let me, let me tell you why I don't make a left-handed string. Okay. Um, BCY puts, uh, I, I can remember, right. It's like, uh, Like one twist every, I could be wrong. Somebody will tell me this, but just for conversation purposes, they, they put a twist in their string, they twist their string material. I think it's like one twist every four inches or four twists every one inch. I can't remember exactly. Mm -hmm. So when you, when you're, when you're putting a left-handed twist and it's a right-hand twist in their string material. Mm -hmm. So when you're putting a left-handed twist in a string, you're taking the twist out of their string material Mm -hmm right and i asked BCY about this you know cuz i'm i'm a, you know i'm a a fiber nut cuz i'll i'll ask the te- i'll ask the text, textile engineers hey what do you think about this and they said well you know we we prefer you don't know, take the twist out of our string material and i'm like okay well that's all i need that's all i need <laughs> That's know. all i need to know <laughs> they're, they're the experts so so uh when you're so when you're putting a left-handed twist and you're taking those twists out of their string material mm-hmm um, it's, it's your, you know, the, the formula is a little bit different when you're, uh, setting up your jigs and all that kind of stuff. You, it, Cause you're, you're, as you're taking those twists out, the string material elongates until the string material catches back up and starts shrinking again from the twists, if that makes sense. Yeah. So anyways, so, um, and plus, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's cumbersome for me to, to do a left-handed and had twists and so i just tell folks hey you know it's just easier (laughs) just easier just easier just easier for you to go buy a a left helical uh, (laughs) yeah left helical clamp you're gonna get more mileage out of it (laughs) yeah exactly yeah well so what's so
0: crazy is um okay this whole thing about what casts the arrow off and and to make Mm -hmm. it spin a certain way so george riles did a video like years ago showing that it you know he twisted up his string and it shot one the arrow cast one way and then he twisted it the other direction or it made another set of strings i can't remember that was twisted the other mm-hmm. way it showed the arrow going the the opposite direction and then pa- right. paige pierce did a video where she shot an arrow mm-hmm. um it, it rotated one way and then she shot a different type of arrow and it shot the other way so the knock pinch yep. thing that you're talking about makes perfect sense to me like Paige is shooting two different arrows with two different knocks. It would make sense to me that maybe she was getting knock pinch on one arrow because she was saying the string thing is all bullshit. She was like, "Nah, it's not that."
1: You know, and she said, "Yeah, I, I watched her video, uh-huh. um, and and uh, she said it was arrow spine." Mm-hmm. And and um, I, you know, who, who am I to second guess Paige Pierce? You know, she's the best in the world. So, I, you know, but I
0: sometimes the best in the world are are nuts. <laughs>
1: I'll be the guy to take.
0: The, I'll take the bullet on that one. Okay <laughs> Shit. Well, see
1: paid you uh, wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean there' are so many people so, I mean, so many people like if George did it with the string twist and I've done it with the string twist mm-hmm. and then and then people, so many other folks out there that have different companies, some with left-handed strings, some with right-handed string. and their arrows are always and everybody's shooting a different spine arrow but the result is always the same off that string. Mm-hmm. You know, right-handed twist, your arrow spins left. Left-handed twist, your arrow spins right. right. So I don't, you know, I. You know, like I said, I'll, I, I'll just leave it at that. Well,
0: what's really <laughs> cool about your video, Tom, is it, mm-hmm. it, your video showed, like, when you add a center serving, how much that, you know, how much that mm-hmm. twist changes. When you add end loops yep. to your string, it changes. It, it, all this stuff is kind of compounding. Into mm-hmm. how that arrow leaves your string in the end, you know, like well, you, you said, know, with I, the knock pinch is another thing that can change yeah. the way that arrow
1: flies. I think in my second video, I did it without center serving, mm-hmm. and it still, it still spun to the left. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> yeah, and you're like, and, you're like, ah. yeah. So <laughs> how about I'm that? I'm like, all right. Then I just shrugged my shoulders. I'm like, all right, I'm I'm done here. I, I'm, <laughs> um, but but I I do think it's the in so. Um I still think it's something to do with the knock and how mm-hmm. that those little twists. Even the twists but even with no center serving, that fiber is still twisted, right? It uh-huh. still has like a little corkscrew corkscrew effect and it's and it still spins the arrow yes. somehow with that that knot coming off of there. So So Tommy said so yeah. you're
0: a fiber nut. Uh mm-hmm. what what's your preference for for string fiber, like string material? Do you have okay. a
1: preference? So so I've been down a lot of rabbit holes with this, uh, over the years. Um, I first started out with BCY. Let, let me tell you, B, the folks at BCY are, uh, they're amazing people. You know, I give a lot of credit to them. Um, Ray, uh, Bob, Chris and Roger, and even, the even the gals that, that work there. Um, <clears throat> I, I picked their brains when I, when I first started, um, so you know about materials and stuff like that and uh, right. so i started out with 452x um shot 450 still still carried 452x and then i um started talking to uh a nice lady over at brown name named sharon um she was really good to a lot of us uh smaller string builders she they would get new materials in uh same same way with bcy bcy would would send uh send samples of new materials out to to a lot of us little guys because we you know we had time to do a lot of uh you know tests and analysis on stuff we we test it out we'd see how it built we put it on a string or i mean we put it on a bow see how it performed on a bow <clears throat> anyways i went over uh then i started shooting some brown owl, or using some brown L products um i don't know if you remember Astroflight. flight
0: Oh, um, I, that's before my. I, I'm relatively new to the archery game.
1: Okay, so Astroflight was an unblended material. It has an unblended material is just Dyneema, with no Vectran in it. Um, okay. And Dyneema, Dyneema is um, it, it's a uh, so Dyneema, straight up Dyneema, um, will move right. It doesn't. It doesn't have anything in it to keep it from moving. And Vectran, when they add the Vectran to a string material and that helps stabilizes the the material. Um, that's, mm-hmm. you know, just, just put it simply like that. Um, so, but the astroflight um, man, that stuff was, it was so unblended materials are typically easier to build with than a blended material. Astroflight, you could, I mean, I could serve that stuff as tight as I, I, uh, <laughs> you know, not, no peep rotation whatsoever. And the material was, was, uh, it was pretty fast material. Uh huh. But, but, um, you know, uh, even, even Steve, uh, I, I put a set, this a long time ago before, uh, Steve went pro. Uh-huh. Um, this Steve he, Anderson, uh huh. Um, is it Steve
0: Anderson for everyone listening? St- right.
1: Yeah. Steve Anderson, um, we put a set of Astro flight, uh, strings on his Hoyt, and I think he placed second, second. Second in his flight out there in, in Redding.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, uh, so after I went down that, uh, so then I, I'm like, man, this stuff is so easy to build with. You know, you just, but after a while, I um, started noticing some, some movement, right? Mm-hmm. So because there's really nothing, uh, nothing to keep it from moving. Um, in the heat, different weather conditions, people are saying, hey, my, I'm getting a little bit of movement here, that type of thing. And, uh, uh-huh. And so, so then, um, so then I kind of said, you know, I don't, I don't want that. And then I started doing some research and I'm like, you know, you got all these pros, you got Dave cousins, you got Jesse Broadwater, you have, um, all these folks, all these pros out there that are shooting, uh, blended materials, which means, uh, like, like 452 X has got vector and Dyneema in it. Mm-hmm. There's gotta be, there's a reason why. And these folks, you know, there's a lot of hunters and a lot of uh, um, recreational shooters that, that shoot a lot of arrows, but, but these, these, these guys do it for a living. They shoot a lot of arrows. I mean, no, nobody shoots more arrows. I, I don't care what anybody says, but nobody shoots more arrows than the guys and gals that are trying to that do it for a living. Right. And, and if those folks are using a blended material, they're using it for a reason. And uh, I don't want anybody, it doesn't matter if you're a, a five-year-old kid shooting my strings, I don't want them to move. <laughs> so so I went back to 452X. Um 452 X is has been the industry standard for years. Mm-hmm. Um that's that's been VCY's number one selling product. It still is to this day. Mm-hmm. Um and it's never failed me. Um uh, it, you know uh and I mean look how many world championships and animals killed and uh, you know, just local and state
0: championships,
1: right. we're, we're all won on 452X, right? right? And because uh, it, it's it it's stable, it's the most stable material in, in yeah. all weather weather conditions. You it, know? It's the one so, that's
0: survived, you know, all these other strings come along, they hype something, whether it be like BCYX yep, or, you know... Yep. Uh, whatever proprietary material 452 is always the thing that mm-hmm. is left standing after the dust clears it is
1: and so so to answer your question uh 452x uh i you know if they stop building i i i tell uh those guys at bcy they stop building 452x and then I'm done. I won't build with any other material. I've been down those, I've been down the rabbit holes before. And, and yeah, I picked
0: and, your brain about the bloodline strings. I was like, Ooh, what about this? <laughs> yeah.
1: I, You know, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know anything about it because I'm not going there. I'm just not, <laughs> I'm not going to, uh, you know, it, it could be, a, it could be a good product. It could be a great product, but I'm, I'm not leaving BCY. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how do so,
0: you, Oh, I'm sorry. Go, go on. What, what were we going to say?
1: no no that that's it
0: i was gonna say how did you get
1: hooked up with steve anderson so um they uh funny story um so my my family has been big into archery um my son my oldest son uh, my whole family is good i don't want to take anything from my youngest son he he doesn't even like archery, and he can pick up a bow, and he's <laughs> he's amazing at it. But um, so my whole family going to archery shoots. My youngest son um, is, you know, I know he's my kid, but he's he's really really a good ar- archer's his eyesight. His yard is judging is amazing. I I, I kind of wish he'd get back into it, but again, life got in the way. Uh, he went to college, became an airline pilot. Um, So kind of, uh, that, that was priority uh-huh. for him. And, uh, so anyways, uh, Steve, Steve would, um, uh, uh, we just saw him at an archery shoot one time and he, you know, there's this big giant guy out there and he's got this Matthews, I don't know what it was, but it, it looked like he was shooting a Browning micro It was so small <laughs> compared to him, <laughs> you know? And, uh, so I met him and his family. He's got a wonderful, wonderful family. His brothers, his mom, the whole family, just real humble, uh, hardworking folks. You you won't meet a more genuine person than Steve and his family or Linda, Linda too. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just saying that, but they, I mean, they're truly genuine people. So anyways, his dad said, I mean, they, they basically said, uh, and his dad's the one that said, look, this guy works on jet aircraft. That's who I want working on your bow and uh so his um his dad his dad kind of told steve if if there's anybody that you know i trust working on your equipment it's a guy who can work on airplanes Mm -hmm. so that's how we we just kind of met him at our archery shoot um i think it was uh archery shoot called the fourth of july shoot there in idaho Mm -hmm. and uh and um i was kind of uh first steve's first um I don't know if you want to call it a sponsor, so to speak, but, mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah. So he's, he's been with me ever since. And I've always told him, you know, now, you know, he's trying to make a living at archery and I told him, Hey, you know, if you ever, if you, you know, if you ever want to go somewhere else, you know, um, don't, you know, you won't hurt my feelings. got to make a living <laughs> at archery. Right. right, right. You know, it's uh, and he's just, he's been, a, a loyal friend and, Uh, Right. I think that says
0: something because Steve and Linda could definitely pick up a contract from, you know, one of the the big string companies and, Mm -hmm. you know, milk that for some money or, you know, if they wanted to, but they don't Mm -hmm. like they, they, they trust your, your craftsmanship, you know? And Mm -hmm. I think, um, Linda and Steve have both done some, some killer, uh, you know, they put down some killer scores. Yeah. I think Linda's done some records, you know?
1: Yeah, she's got a world record, and and who'd have thought a little guy like myself would you know, um, you know would have gold medals on in, in world archery, you know <laughs> on, on my strings and world records, and I mean I have I actually uh, uh, don't want to mention a lot of names, but I have some, uh, if you want to call you know, professional hunters I guess uh-huh. um, that that are sponsored by um, a lot of companies and and they. Still pay full price for my strings because they trust my product, and that, right. that's that's so humbling to me. You know, I'm like, you know, I, uh you know, and I'd, I, you know, it's just like I said, I just try to stay humble, and um, right. I don't take any of that. I don't take any of that for granted. Uh, they trust my work.
0: Yeah, no, um, so, I'm the same way, yeah. and like yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. I, I like paying. Well, you know, I'll pay for a set of strings from you, also because like. Um, it's something that you know on my show. I'm going to say you know I buy this, I use this. I don't want to be a guy that's going to. I'm not going to try to milk you for free strings, <laughs> you know, Tom. And then I'm going to turn around and tell everyone like, oh, you know, get the <laughs> strings because you know I get them for free or whatever. You know what I mean? I I'll pay for a set so like there's um my integrity is not compromised. You know I can I can legit say I like the the stuff you build and that's why I it. Yeah, them, no, you know,
1: yeah, and I and I appreciate that. I think I think that's that's uh. You know i think that's a good good way to go you're not beholden to anybody that way right you
0: know um, um so with steve you started building uh i mean steve was always pushing on his in uh, social media like 452x natural mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and i've heard another string builder say that oh the 452x natural is like a cr- it's um a trendy thing that started from kyle douglas he was saying that 452x mm-hmm. has the same amount of wax as any other set of strings and I was like, mm-hmm. uh, "That all sounds wrong to me." <laughs> like, no. I know Jesse's been doing 452x for a long time, or the undyed. Yep. I've been shooting mm-hmm. it for like four years because you know of the guy that coached me was way into the natural strings. Like, um, is the 452x natural? Is that like what's your take on that? I know you you're not. You'll build any set of well, string. You'll do any color. It's not not right. a big deal to you. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So. So. um I think real realistically I I don't know who started the trend first if it was uh Dave Cousins or Jesse mm-hmm. um Broadwater. Mm-hmm. um both are super nice guys too I I they you know I I even picked their brains and they they've been um well Jesse especially Jesse's always really helpful mm-hmm. um so so you can get string material in low wax or regular wax mm-hmm. and when you get natural it basically comes with no wax it's just n- none it's not a trend um you can uh, it's so i can get 28 strands of 452x natural the same size as i can get 24 strands of 452x and a colored string mm-hmm. so so adding four more strands as uh as more stability and the no wax or you know cuz natural ha- and I'm just going to say it has no wax it's it's harder you know you probably notice putting on your strings that it's a little bit more cumbersome because the strands aren't stuck together mm-hmm. you know they're lo- they're loose um, but the advantage of that is is there's very little there's little to no no creep because the strands aren't having to fight their way through wax to, you know, settle in the place. Right. They're, right. Right. they um, that's just the best way I can describe it. So, um, and so when you're in a, a temperate, uh, environments, like say for Redding, you know, Redding, it gets super hot out there. Um, or you go to another, another climate, uh, a colder climate or something. It's not. So when you go to a colder climate with, uh, um, because a lot of people talk about heat. Well, my strings move into heat. Mm-hmm. Well, they're moving into heat because uh, if you have waxy material, they move into heat because those strands, the wax is melting, um, so to speak. Right. And then the strands are finding a new home, right? Right. And so with non-wax material, it's not doing that. It's less prevalent. <clears throat> it's less prevalent to do that. Um, vice versa in a cold climate, right? You have a, a waxy uh, a waxy string material that's, um, stiffer, so to speak. Right. It's yeah. Like the it, viscosity so, of the, uh, the wax yeah, changes. Yeah, it, it, exactly. So, so, uh, the, the natural, that's where the natural or the, the low wax material really uh, shines. has an event. Yeah. Now, um, so all my material, um, it's no secret all my material is low wax. I won't build with regular wax material. Mm -hmm. Um, the reason for that is because even the colors, um, so there's, um, even though there's dye and pigment in there, um, it might take, um, a little bit, uh, a little bit longer to settle in. And I use that, I'm just using that word. It's not, not that you have to shoot, shoot my strings in. It's just, it's just a little bit more, um, takes a little bit, uh, there's, there might, might be a tad more, uh, creep with, uh, colored material, mm-hmm. um, than, than the, uh, the natural, uh-huh. um, but I use, I use all low wax material for a couple of reasons. One is that, uh, I, I have less of, I, I think I have less of a problem in cold and hot environments mm-hmm. and two, I can keep the diameter because when you have a heavy wax material, um, I, I want to keep those bundles small, as small as I can. I want, I want to always use 24 strands. I don't, I don't like to use less than 24 and I'll, f- I'll find a way to keep that diameter down on, on your bow and these small cam tracks. Um, mm. so you have stability in, in the speed, uh, the difference between 20, 22 strands compared to 24, it's nominal. It might be, you might be talking one foot per second, two feet per second difference. Right. And and most people, almost everybody I build for, are more con- they're more concerned about stability than speed. Yeah, I would so,
0: I would be on that on that
1: page as well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So so that so it's not a gimmick. Um, so on, like on most people, and Steve even Steve and I have talked about this all the time, but he's just got so used to the feel. <clears throat> I mean, his shot and stuff with thirty-two strands. Um, mm-hmm.
2: Most
1: most people. Uh, we talk about all the time. He goes, yeah, he, he goes, I, he goes, I, I know that I can, I could easily shoot 28 strands of, and, and have no problem with it. It's not going to move on me. Um, 24 strands. He said the same thing. He said, but you know, like, you know, he's just got so used to the 32 strand string. That's what I built for him and I can keep that size because it's natural. I can keep it. And, you know, I, I joke with him all the time. I said, Hey, when you're done with that set of strings, send it to me so I can put it on my four wheeler winch and, <laughs> <laughs> Tow throw myself out when i need to because they don't that it just doesn't it right. just doesn't move on them right i was and telling 20,
0: oh go on tom in 28
1: strands 28 strands um you know like i built for you guys mm-hmm. it's not gonna yep, it, so it's that's not going to move yeah so that's what i have
0: on my Matthews is a 28 mm-hmm. strand and it's the it's the kind of like the maximum number of strands you can pack in mm-hmm. it with a yep. 452 natural for the Matthews cam track uh, for the yep. for the hoits you were telling me the invictus can handle 32 strands
1: right and and i and i you know when somebody orders say hey i want the steve anderson special uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh huh and and i'll tell them hey you know uh like on the new Botex, no way There's no way no way you're going to fit that in there it's going to be it you know so i can uh i can probably you know 26 26 strands on some Botex, 28 strands on some Botex, mm-hmm. 24 strands on some Botex. It depends on the model uh-huh. of their, of their bow. Um, then, and we, you know, then I have to figure out and I'll tell them, nope, you can't have the Steve Anderson special on that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry. Same thing with Matthews, you know, so that, you know, the, that, you know, the, the bearing on, on your TRX, there's uh-huh. no way that can handle, no way. Will that handle thirty-two strands? Right. that's the it, bearing
0: it with the groove in it that is, sits right, right next to the cam. The the yeah. yoke uh, or not the yoke? What's the control cable thing that loops your string loops to itself? It sits on a giant yeah. bearing. Yeah, yeah. that was yeah. cool. Like I remember, I, I messaged you and I said, "Hey, I want the Steve and that's it." Was my exact message on the uh, on the order form? Give me the uh-huh. st- st- the Steve Anderson special. And you're like, "Yeah, you see, you know, slow it, slow it down a bit. Let me explain it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so that, that's, uh, so when, like, if somebody, I, I even put that, I even put natural on a lot of hunting bows. A lot of people will ask for that. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, folks are, so, well, it'll get dirty. I'm like, oh, well, people aren't concerned about that. They're, they want, when they're in a hunting situation, they want to know that their bow is still right. sitting where it is when they went to the range, you right. know, so.
0: I think you're seeing um, that in, w- with Target guys also. And I think it wasn't well. It wasn't really hyped until like now with like freak show strings. Now they're you know mm-hmm. it, companies are starting to push like well here's the strength of natural. But I think this has been known for a while, uh, especially yeah. you, you string builder guys that yep. you know if you really want to go all performance and you know not worry about anything else, that's the kind of the natural 452x is the sure shot way to go.
1: Yeah, yeah, and see you know you know, we joke around about the Steve Anderson specials. It's because, you know, he shoots my strings, but Steve is always giving credit to, uh, Jesse and Dave. And, um, I forget the other guy's name, you know, cause he, 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 Steve was a, Steve's a quick study. He hasn't been shooting archery that long, mm-hmm. right? He, he hasn't been in the game very long and he's just a, he's a super smart guy, mm-hmm. uh, real, uh, real analytical. And he, he, um, he's a, just a quick study. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but he's a, really really good athlete in college and high school mm-hmm. um uh, and uh has a couple of track records believe it or not at Boise state and um, so he's yeah yeah he's fast <laughs> and uh and um he uh but he was he's just a quick study and when he was getting into archery he just you know he saw what those guys were doing and you know he figured he it said, out hey, he figured out what was uh, fi- optimal
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, let's see. I have a question for you. Aside from 452x natural, what's the mm-hmm. coolest? Uh, what's the coolest color? What, what do you think is the coolest uh, color string combo? Uh,
1: well, I did a set for uh, a good friend of mine. Her name is Jennifer Duramus, and uh, she—you may not have heard of her, but she's usually she, one of the hardest working ladies I've ever. Matt. She takes care of her family. She runs a business, and when she can, she shoots archery. But she, she's. I think she was in. She's usually in the top twenty in Vegas in the women pro. Oh damn. Um, yeah, and um, I think this year she she got caught off a of guard. Um, she had to go shoot. Uh, was it USA Archery or no? Uh, what's that shoot they have the? Yeah. Friday night. Yeah, the Is the USA Archery the indoor. Um, yeah. World Archery. Yeah, indoor. she caught. Qua- yeah, she goes. I she didn't even know she qualified for it, and she and she had to borrow arrows from uh, I think she borrowed arrows from Linda. Um, and uh, so she shot against Paige in the first shoot down. So, really, really good archer. I mean, she for the amount of time if she had more time, she'd be killer, but anyways, her string colors were electric blue, um, flow yellow with a pink pinstripe. I think we we call her Skittles, and I did. As much as, much as I hate clear serving, I put clear, I put clear serving on there and, and, uh, and it, until the, I mean, she's had those strings on there for, uh, I don't know, for, she's shooting them on a Matthews, um, Matthews bow. Uh-huh. Um, she's had them on there for like four or five years and they, they haven't moved. Um, so, you know, a lot of people think, oh, three color strings or two color strings will move more than solids. Mm-hmm. If, if if a string's construct, constructed right, it's it's not going to move. You know, if you. Right. Um, and so, um, but yeah, the, the skittles, the skittles <laughs> color is probably the, <laughs> one I, of your tops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I like that color. Um, and you know, my the red white, and blue strings I just posted on my. Facebook Those look page. really
0: cool. I haven't seen anyone do it like that yet.
1: Yeah, I, I like that, and um, so. Uh, there's so my customers are so creative um with their colors you know there's i you know i come up with a lot myself you know people say hey i got this uh desert sand bow what do you think will look good on here and i'll tell them but for the most part my customers have some really cool ideas on string colors that i never would have thought of i'm like you know i first thought i'm like i don't know about that and then i put it together i'm like holy <laughs> crap that, That really looks great. You know, like (laughs) I had a customer the other day wanted a black cherry with a light pink pinstripe. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm I'm like, okay, you know, I put that (laughs) together and I'm like, man, that that really looks, really looks nice. You know, it just turns out, turns out really good.
0: Yeah. Uh, The strings that uh, you built for me, the last set that I ordered was they were uh 452X natural with the kiwi green uh yep. serving yeah. those looked really damn cool i did not expect them to come out like that i just wanted to be different
1: <laughs> yeah no ki- kiwi you know so um serving colors on natural looks really good you know steve likes the clear on the natural mm-hmm. and i I, ha- I hate it um <laughs> because because it looks yellow to me but uh-huh. that he, he he likes it you know and it's serving material serving material right whether it's white it's actually white, but when you serve it tight, it turns uh, transparent. Yes. Um, and so, uh, for some reason, Steve likes that look. Um, and uh, funny story. Um, so, I don't. I don't know if Steve will. I'll get Linda in trouble with Steve or not. But <laughs> so Steve. So this year before indoor season, Steve said, "Hey, uh, can you?" Me and Linda need some sets of strings, so we're ready for indoor and outdoor. And uh, I said, "Okay." So I go, "Well, what color does Linda want?" And he goes, "Just make, make them like mine." And <laughs> <laughs> so, so I did. You know, the clear serving. And in Vegas, I went to Linda's booth, and and Linda, I go, uh, "How how those strings?" Is um, you know, real quiet. Linda says, "I I kind of like colors." <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, so, uh, I said, I'll make you some colored, colored serving strings. So we, uh, I made her some natural with her, her favorite color now is purple. Uh-huh. So I prefer if Steve went with a color, like his nice blue bow went with like a blue serving or something,
0: uh-huh. something but, to make it pop yeah, a little
1: bit, something to make it pop. Cause those are, you know, those are my strings on there. I don't <laughs> want them to look like, like they're yellowed, like, the, like a, like a dog peed on them or something, but you know, but now they're. They're, uh, um, yeah. So, the yeah, know, we, I actually I have I pictures want...
0: of Linda's. She's got like a gray Invicta now. Like, I, I think it's a, yeah. And it's got uh, the purple serving on it. it. Looks really
1: cool. Yeah. And, and so when you put it on, uh, when you put clear serving over uh, natural, so the Veteran is a goldish color, right? So, mm-hmm. when um, the Veteran that's inside the, that's mixed with the Dynema. That gold colors—it's weird. It's like when you compress that string with the clear serving, it seems it turns it. Uh, it doesn't look as white. It just you right. see the gold. Co- you see the gold coming through it, and that's what that's what makes it kind of dullish look. And you know they now B C Y does make a dyed white um, string material, uh-huh. um, but it um, but it uh, in the the strings will look a little bit whiter underneath the clear serving. But it's still, you can still see the gold, uh, the gold tint to it right? underneath it. So, um, but serving, serving, it doesn't matter if it's white, red, black, whatever, it's all the same material, just different colors. They all kind of yeah. perform the same. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, some of the, some of the, some of the flow colors can be a little bit larger because of the, um, maybe the dye or the pigment that's in there. Oh, you know, interesting. when I say what when, when I say larger, um, you know, like fourteen thousands, Halo might be, it might be fifteen thousands if it's flow green or flow orange uh-huh. or something like that because um, it's just a little, just a tad larger. Does uh, that co- ever come much. into
0: play when you're building a set? You know, for someone that you know, say they want to try the Steve Anderson special, does that
1: it it does um, it can and, uh, it it all depends like. Um, the gotten really good about um, keeping their their colors consistent. So they use a water-based dye on their mm-hmm. on their um, on their um, serving or on all their material. It's water-based. Um, so it's pretty, you know, it's it's safe and, you know, it doesn't have solvents in it and all that mm-hmm. stuff and um, it's safe for the material and um, but uh, it can get it, it's hard It you, it doesn't so basically it doesn't really soak into the material. It kind of sits on top, right? Uh It, 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 it's, um, you know, how they even get the stick in the first place is beyond (laughs) me, but it, um, it kind of more floats on top of the material than it does. It doesn't saturate the material. Mm -hmm. So it kind of makes a diameter just a tad, you know, and and I'll, so every set of strings that I build, um, i I'll, I'll serve a little bit of it. You know, if somebody wants a flow color, I'll serve it and then I'll, I'll take the calipers to it. And, um, you know, uh, if it's, if it's too big for that cam system, then I'll contact the customer. and say, you know what? Um, instead of, um, this color, you know, you might want to try another color or, um, you know, I I just real cognizant of it, but that's very rare. Uh-huh. Very rare. Do, very rare do I come across where um, I think that that string is going to be oversized. I don't. You know, it's just like right. one in a hundred. You know, it's not. Um, I'm. You know, and it, and it could be that I just got a spool with with more dye in it than than the last spool. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you're at, you're at the mercy of um, what B C Y. Right. You know, right. And how, out, so. yeah, how,
0: with a mm-hmm. manufacture what do they call it, like stack tolerance type stuff. Right. Uh, yeah. I wanted to pick your brain a little bit about your knock tie, uh, the way you tied your knock set for, mm-hmm. you know, where your D loop is. I noticed mm-hmm. you do like um, a three under knot and then one over. Does that mm-hmm. sound about right? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Is there a reason why? Because the way I learned. Like, I took a class from Dave Cousins. Dave was very pro, like, um, just under, like, just do the under knock. Don't do under and over. Um, mm-hmm. He does, like, a f- four or five, you know, with, like, a four in between. So, I I saw yours, which is, like, a three under. And, I mean, this is all, like, you know, I would get real nitpicky about stuff mm-hmm. like this. And I, some people will say, oh, well, I do over and it's fine. And that's, that's totally cool. Um Sure. But I tried the uh, the Tom Parkinson three under one over, and I think it's it's awesome. <laughs> like it's it's super simple, um, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm running on my bow now. You know, well, is, it, is there, there a reason that you came up with that? Or
1: well, again, who am I to you know? Yeah, I'm not going to say Dave Cousins stuff. But <laughs> so that's uh, so I'm a safety guy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, been uh been my first. First and foremost, anything I do on my string, it's all about safety. Mm -hmm. If it's not safe, I'm not going to do it. So when I'm even tying in uh, knock points, uh, so I don't, I like to do the, you know, the three under and then the one over because when I, when you go to melt that knot, Mm -hmm. first of all, when you go to cinch that down, you're not cinching it on top of the center serving and and maybe causing premature serving separation. Mm -hmm. Right, so you're you're not you're not tying that final knot into the um, into the serving itself. Right, that's the, one that over,
0: fi- the the final one over knot is going to be right. over your three already.
1: Mm-hmm. And so the final so that final knot on top does two things. One, it 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 binds it kind of it, it binds your your uh, knock point through the center serving without digging in to the center serving Mm -hmm. it'll put it put a little pressure above and below on those those the uh you know your first three wraps there Uh and then when you go to melt that with your lighter you're not melting you're not melting that that little ball is not melting on top of the center serving to where it could damage it right? right um so so basically that's basically why i do it one it you don't have to over tighten that knot on top it it'll cinch that knot, that knot point in there, and then, uh, secondly, and probably more more importantly, you're not putting a flame on top of that center serving because mm. it it won't it doesn't take much for a little flame to just you know melt the surface of that serving and and it'll pop, you right. know, over time over time.
0: I think so. I, that's basically. I'm pretty sure know. I've done that in my earlier days.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, and people do it with peeps all the time too. Though, yes, you know the they'll tie a, they'll tie a final knot that's real close to the string, and then when they go to melt that ball, it melts a sh- strand, and you're like, oh boy, you know. So <laughs> Shit. so for for all you for all you folks out there, when you tie that final knot on your peep, uh, do it in the middle of the serving, like do a couple back wraps or something. Mm-hmm. So when you're melting it, it's melting into the serving that you're serving that peep into, not on top of the string. Right, you know.
0: Oh, like when they do, when they do the back serving on the, uh, one of the, the legs that are coming off of the, the
1: right. right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Just make sure, you know, do, do, do like nine or eight or nine back wraps and then melt that knot on top of the serving, not on top of the string. Yeah. People do that all the time. That's where, that's where that electric lighter comes in handy. uh,
0: (laughs) Yeah. I saw in your video, you use an electric lighter for your, uh, for melting your, 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 your stuff. That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. No flames. I, uh, Flames and razor blades are the are, are enemy to uh, st- <laughs> string material. <laughs> yeah. That's cool.
0: I think um, yeah. a lot of people, I think, are shredding up strings like with the the peeps that they use. I noticed that you said that there's a certain peep that you will happily give away because um, it doesn't shred up strings. I mean, aside yeah. from the way people serve it in entirely. Yeah, ra-
1: radical peeps... Uh, uh, kind of a seamless plug for those there, their, <laughs> their machining is so their, the machining has always so been so good. Um, you know, I don't ever recommend somebody sliding their peep up and down without putting in a press, but people do. Oh you yeah. Know, I'm, not oh, naive, no. I, I'm, I'm not
0: guilty not, of it. I'm guilty of uh, it. Um,
1: and so there's, that's one of the only peeps I've found on the market that you can get away with that and not, Yeah. you know, not, not shred a, 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 a strand um and the the machining has always been amazing and they're not expensive peeps they make them in every size you know i Mm -hmm. i kind of wish that um you know they they made a peep that you could put an aperture in that would be really with that same kind of machine but specialty specialty does a good job with that too their machining is and so is Hamsky. So that's you know, what
0: you, I use the Hamsky mm-hmm. peep, and it's smooth all over. So mm-hmm. I rarely yep. cut up, uh, you know, my strings. Mm-hmm. I, I do, you know, tend to move it up and down just a little bit when I'm trying to get it right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I'll just do a seat belt uh, over the peep, find the spot that I want. I try to I try to get as close as you know where I think it's going to be. So I'm just doing a little nudge here or there. Um, you know, not to put down specialty, but. I did see a lot of people with specialty peeps that tend to <laughs> tend to cut up strings a little bit. Maybe yeah, it's because they're don't... doing the thing, you know. Maybe because, like you said, you you advise they put it in a press first before they go.
1: Yeah, I yeah. mean they're, they they have their you know the, if you think about it, they got their peep, they got their seat belt around the peep, and and which is squeezing those strands against the peep,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: then they move it up and down. You know, you, the chances are you're gonna yeah, where where the inside of that string is rubbing
0: I... rubbing metal and
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> on yeah. those fibers.
0: Yeah, uh, let's see. I got. Do you have a, a preference for D-loop material?
1: Yeah, so I, you know, for most people, for most you know for hunters and and most recreational shooters. You know the easiest D loop material to work with is number twenty four.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know it's a it's a polyester, it's a braided polyester. Um, it melts real easy. You know you can make a ball and it, melts real easy. Um, and uh, my my favorite color to work with is the white, uh, the, and the silver. It, they both the white. What I like about the white um, is that it's it's flexible and it. And it's, uh, and it's braided real, it's braided real tight. It's flexible and it's, um, ha- you can make a really good, you can make a ball real easy and it grips, it cinches down on the center serving really well without having to over tighten it. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, braided spectra, um, number 23 mm-hmm. uh, is what a lot of target shooters use. Um, I, th- I think, I think you mentioned that you like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that's harder to make a ball on the end. Yeah, <laughs> um, it, <laughs> it's very similar put to
0: cocking cord. It, it's very similar to that, where when you fire it up, it like unravels itself. Yeah. You know. So
1: you know the little trick to that is like put it in the needle nose pliers and ball ball it up and push that ball up against the needle nose pliers and uh-huh. then melt melt it up against that oh, the okay. pliers there, right? Uh-huh. Yep. Um And uh, <clears throat> so. That stuff wears like iron. Uh-huh. Um, it, la- it lasts a long time, but it's just harder, harder to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, you you know, know what I noticed? You don't-
0: is the Spectra mm-hmm. also you can sp- it spins around your serving. Like to get it to sit in one spot, you really gotta crank the hell out of it. And yeah. I've been a Spectra loyalist for about a year now because my buddy turned me onto it, and I'm like, holy huh. shit, this stuff like you said wears like iron. But what was really cool was. Um, I asked you like, hey, what kind of D loop material do you recommend? And you said, we'll try. You know, you sent me Spectra. You gave me mm-hmm. a little bit of Spectra, and then you're like, try this um, Bcy, the white stuff. I didn't even think about that. The color of the D loop changes the flexibility of the D loop. Like there's mm-hmm. there's um like I've seen my buddy was showing me like, oh, I just use black Bcy twenty four, and it was st- it's super stiff, and I was yeah. like, oh, dude, why would you? But then I was trying the BCY-24 that you sent me. It's white, and mm-hmm. it's it's just as flexible as my Spectra. And uh, yep. what yep. was really cool, it takes no pressure to grip it, like to to tighten it over your center serving.
1: Nope. It, yeah, it holds. Good. It holds super tight. And it doesn't spin around on the shot either. Exactly. You know, you, yeah. <laughs> so the, the other thing, too, about the, um, you know, the spectra is that it flattens out right Mm -hmm. so depending on what release you have um if you have say you have a jaw release and you don't have a really tight tolerance where the jaws don't close all the way um it can i've i've seen it squeeze in between the jaw Uh
0: um, slip out uh, your d loop will slip out and your premature shot right
1: yeah, where the where the twenty four stays stays round, even though it's flexible, it still stays round. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh um, like the Spectra, um, I really like for hook, you know, hinge releases uh-huh. or hook style releases or something like that, because then you, you don't have to worry about it slipping out at all. Right. Or um, but um, those are my two silver. What I like about silver, it's stiffer, but you can really, you know, if you you. It makes a when it melts for some reason when that stuff melts it makes a the, the like the nicest stiffest ball it just melts really well in it and it's you know that it's not gonna slip through <laughs> through that <laughs> that you know that half hitch that you put on that d loop and um in my and one of my biggest pet peeves is people. And I like stuff that'll grip the center serving. Mm-hmm. One of my biggest pet peeves is people over-tightening V loops because um, it, it's not going to go anywhere. You know, once right. you cinch that down and the knots are, those little balls are cinched up against a knot, it's it's not going to go anywhere. You don't have to over-tighten it. It's not going right. to slip up and down your serving, your center serving. Just you know, you really only need. I think it was uh, Stefan Hansen. I, I you know I wish everybody. I read a, a post by him. He goes, you know, I I only cinch down the D-loop tight enough, as tight as my release tightens it when I draw the bow. Mm,
2: gotcha.
1: And and I'm I'm like, yeah, you know, I wish everybody would would follow suit. Follow suit and throw their Viper D-loop pliers out the window <laughs> because because you can. I've seen people snap center serving. Um, Oh yeah. You know, or
0: separate dan- I know people separate se- center serving a lot doing that. Separate
1: center serving and there's really no need to. You, you just Well, I I think,
0: sin- I think mm-hmm. the reason why people do that, and not to cut you off here or anything. Mm-hmm. So, I'm sorry, Tom. I just got to I think so some people do that cuz they get peep rotation, right? And they're trying mm-hmm. to catch the peep, at, you know, if they tighten the D loop oh, one yeah. way, they can mm-hmm. catch the peep so when they draw it back, it straightens, you know, the the peep rotates to straight. In right. the end and I think that's why people do it. And then they they, you know, if, especially if they're using Spectra, and the Spectra is going to turn. They they end up just cranking the shit out of it to try and get it to, to hold. You know,
1: yeah. And what, what I found. Oh, I'm sorry. Go on. No, go
0: ahead. What I found, like, uh, because I I've, I've done that in the past as well. Um, mm-hmm. with the last the last set I I bought from you, you sent me the the 24. I mean, you sent me the Spectra mm-hmm. also. Um, the peep. Not only did it not rotate, like the peeps coming straight back, um, so I didn't have to do that. But then on top of it, I just put the 24 on there straight back. I put my D-loop on straight back and just put a little bit of pressure on. And the whole system now is just, it pulls straight back and it, it everything lines up. It's crazy. It's crazy. I've I've not had a set of strings like this uh that's
1: that's my goal (laughs) (laughs) but it's just crazy because so many companies
0: are like no peep rotation and it's like every single string i've put on has had peep rotation to some degree you know
1: well well, and sometimes sometimes i um what i call uh i call them tweeners you kind of you know like your string is like a barber pole right Mm -hmm. um and you're moving that peep up and down inside these two twisted bundles. And, and sometimes you a person's pee pipe just might be in that spot where it, it's not going to be perfectly straight. Uh-huh. You know, like it's going to be like, I I mean, you could probably, you know, you try to put a full twist in a string to get that people come, come back straight and and that works, you know, like 99% of the time. But sometimes uh-huh. there's, there's some tweeners out there that, that their P pipe is in a position to where it might be just cocked just a little bit one way or the other. And I can see your point there, you know, where, why they, why they would do it, you know, why they would have to do that to work. But if you ever go to Vegas, you know, I, I've been going to Vegas ever since I've been in business, I, I've never shot it, but I go there to support everybody, mm-hmm. talk to my vendors and, you know, cheer on the folks that shoot my stuff. You know, I'm, I'm a big believer. In, and, and you know, I want to try to meet everybody that shoots my strings and, uh-huh. um, I always go to. You look down the line, and you see you see a lot of pros grab their peep and, and give it a
0: little pre twist.
1: Yeah, <laughs> give it a little pre twist because they're just in that habit, right? Uh-huh. It's just a it's just a habit, you know. So um, I'd rather people do that than cinch down the D loop. But hey, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> gonna do? Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, Cool. I got a uh, one listener question for you because um, okay. I I had said in a a podcast that I just cut like I I just released. Yesterday morning, and uh-huh. some some people actually listen to the show that like the day it comes out. But um, my buddy Tim Moen he said, uh, "Hey, when you talk to Tom, can you ask him if thicker cables increase holding weight on an elite using limb stops only?" I'm not sure if it'll work like the cable stop Matthews and Hoyt
1: setups. Um, <clears throat> I think it will. Um, I think it does because um, if you think about it this way, any any time that you Increase the diameter of your cables, um, and on the back end, when you're when you're drawing the bow, that thicker cable um, is pressing into the cam sooner. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, at the end of the draw cycle, it's. I'm trying to explain how it works. Um, mm-hmm. But, in short answer, yes. But if I if I was shooting an elite with draw stops, um, I would it depends if it's an old elite, like if it's a new elite that has both draw stops and cam stops, um, you know, and if you, if you elect to use the draw stops on that particular bow, then I would have, I would have the cam stops hit ever so slightly before
2: Mm -hmm.
1: the the limb stops. Uh So you can feel that increased uh, holding weight, Uh
2: Um,
1: you know, so, you know, elites are, you know, elites are known, I mean, the the biggest draw to them for the longest time was, you know, their high let off, right? Mm-hmm. That was that was a big selling point for them. And, uh, um, Yeah, and so
0: how you can adjust the like, elites are really easy with adjusting how much let off you want into the, you know, right. your setup and yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, twist, you know, twisting, you know, twisting the cables up, you know, increases the the valley and increases the draw weight you know Mm -hmm. on on an elite so um but yeah if you add thicker cables when you get to the back end of that bow of course it's going to increase your holding weight gotcha um just about on any bow you know but if i were shooting one if i if i shot one with both the cam stops and the draw stops i would i would have have the cam hit slightly ahead of the the limb stops, so you can, if you want, if that's your goal to have more holding weight, that's how I would do it.
0: Right, right. You know, uh, so you can feel that. I had a Project Elite, and that's how. That's exactly how I ran it. It, mm-hmm. it makes for a, a really nice wall, too.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah, and that. I mean, that's a. I, I mean, there's a lot of adjustability in a binary cam system. You know, mm-hmm. if you if you don't want any, if you don't want to hold anything on the back end, you can make it happen. In, <laughs> You
0: know. I've you seen i like, g I've seen an elite hunting bow where they drew it back and then they just hmm. angled the bow down and then they just held it by the I don't advise yeah. anyone do that. That's yeah. it's a heart attack for me to just see, but uh yeah, yeah I've seen it where your holding weight weights essentially less than the overall weight of the bow. <laughs> yeah. Um and the last question, Tom, is what bow are you shooting hmm. right now? Well, my wife
1: <laughs> My oh. wife calls it bow another week. Bow of the month. <laughs> yeah. The bad part about my genre uh you know i get to shoot every you know people buy these bows and they'll send like i have a i have a brand new rx seven ultra in the shop in the box never been set up you know so people send me their bows from all over the country uh-huh. for me to put strings on set up you know I'll, you get to test you know, them all i get to test them all and that's bad <laughs> that's that's a that's a bad thing but but uh so um i i was a Hoyt uh I was a Hoyt fanatic. I love Hoyt bows back in the day. Um I used, I was one of those guys um uh, on archery talk that people would send me their bows and say, "Hey, can you put a Z5 cam on my Carbon Matrix?" You know, so mm-hmm. then we'd get the right deflection limbs and then I'd spec out the strings, you know, and uh, call f- them a monster Frankenbow. Frankenbow, right? Remember yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> So people, you know, I was kind of a Hoyt connoisseur, so to speak. Um, and, uh, so I shot Hoyts for the longest time. My, my son still shoots Hoyt. Um, and I kind of transitioned over to PSE. Um, I, uh, in, in 20, uh, in 2011, my, um, I'll get to what bow I'm shooting here in a second. <laughs> if we've if we got time, yeah, I got in, time. In, in
2: 2011,
1: um, my after i retired in 2010 in 2011 something happened to where my body just shut down and i couldn't um i couldn't walk my wife had to dress me um it was really weird I had all kinds of tests done on me uh you name it long story short i needed a uh i couldn't even pull a 40 a 45 pound bow back it was it was miserable and i i used to be you know um, without bragging or anything, but I was, uh, you know, I used to be a competitive power, power lifter oh, and whoa. bodybuilder for a uh, bodybuilder for a while. And when you, when you're going, gr- and my wife, my wife at that time, this was, this is a kind of a depressing story, but I'll get to my point here in a second. My wife, right when I retired, right before I retired, she had a stroke. We were both healthy. We we're both, I met her in the gym, right? right. So we we're both healthy. Uh, she had a stroke, and um, then my body shut down when I retired, and here I am fine. like, man, I, I can't even pull a 45-pound bow back. What's going on? So I called my good friend, um, John Moser, John's Customs. Um, that, that guy knows PSEs like nobody, he, and he's an awesome string builder. He's one of the guys. Uh, we have a few guys. Uh, uh, I'll throw a quick shout-out to him, but uh, John <laughs> Moser from John, John's Customs, uh, Austin Kincaid. Um, He's uh, a, No, I, I'm old. I forgot the name of the string company, but he's a bowtech guy. He kind of knows his way around bowtech really well. Uh, Jbk strings, Um, those a couple of those guys. They were, we kind of we benchmark off of each other all the time. But anyways, mm-hmm. I called John. I said, John, uh, uh, you know I can't walk, but I need a bow that I can that I can shoot. It's got some speed that I can shoot at 45, 55. 45 pounds that I can go kill an elk with, you know? Mm-hmm. So he built me this, built me this PSE bow, uh, with, uh, Omen cams on it. I forget what the, I forget what the, anyways. So I kind of, kind of fell in love with PSE, um, there for a while. So, and then when PSE came out with a new, uh, DCS cam system, amazing, amazingly efficient cam system. Um, and, uh, so I, um, Went, uh, like the, the video I posted where I'm shooting a bear shaft at yeah, 40, 40 yards. The, you did some bear shaft that.
0: tuning at 40 yards with your uh, PSE levitate, right?
1: That was with a mock one. Oh, yeah, Mach, 1. Mach one. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, same bow, I guess, uh, but similar bow, but uh-huh. he, but he built me this bow and then I kind of fell in love with PC and shot PSE for quite a few years. Um, shot a lot of 3d with, uh, with the shoot down. Uh, uh-huh. Um really like that bow and then uh i always did really well with with uh elites Mm -hmm. um elite elites just fit me well they 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 tune good um they're not speedsters um you know they're not you know in the realm of speed they hold their own but they're not you know they're not like a Hoyt or a or a psc where they you know um but they do what, what elite says they do and they're easy to shoot for me Mm-hmm. Um, the geometry, geometry fits me very well. So I, I'm kind of, right now I have, uh, uh um, result uh-huh. 38 and result 36 and, uh, encore for hunting. So oh, cool. Uh, and, um, so that's what I'm shooting now. And then every time I get a bow in the mail, like I just got one yesterday, she goes, what's my wife says, what's this bow of the week? So you never know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it could be it could be a matthews or something who knows you know but you know they're all good they're all good hey i'll hand it to elites
0: uh the way they designed the grip um has been Mm -hmm. has made it one of the easiest bows for me to tune yeah i was shocked because i guys up here i know right-handed shooters these guys are all plagued with like right tears and i'm like that's the weirdest thing i've ever heard if i could get a right tear i i would be uh i'd be in heaven and then I, I got an old echelon and um sure enough, I was able <laughs> I was I was like, All right, I got a right tear. Let's tune this thing for a bullet hole. Like it's so easy. It's uh it's different than what I'm I'm so used to being a left tear guy, you know, and having to tune for that.
1: Yeah, yeah. well, if you like right tears, uh the Hoyts <laughs> the Hoits are <laughs> the new Hoyts the uh-huh. you know, the R X sevens and stuff, um right out of the box. They they've got a
0: To me, that's a good sign. To me, that's a mm -hmm. good sign because it means that you're at a point where you can, like, if I get a right tear, if it's not crazy, it's an arrow rest. I can just bump the arrow rest, perfect. But almost always, left tears involve me shimming a cam or you know, top hatting over one way. It's normally Uh, I I find it in the grip is where it is. Like you know, is such a huge part of where that bow's going to tune.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, and that's one of the things that I work on with a lot of. New shooters when they come to the shop or even old shooters, you know, they're, you know, you know, the first, you know, the first, it's not a be all end all, but when you're paper tuning, you know, these people either have too much palm into their grip or they're mm-hmm. got too much face contact or something. And, you know, they'll, you're getting these left tears, and, um, it's, uh, you know, once you straighten out that grip, you know, you can, you can fix a lot of,
0: a lot, a lot of stuff. Of that, you
1: can even a lot get of that stuff.
0: bear shafts to tune, very yep. nicely.
1: Yeah. Well, so cool. Uh,
0: hey, thank you. Uh, you know, is there anything you want to mm-hmm. add, uh, Tom, let me see. Um, uh, um, like tuning, uh, ATAs and brace height.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I, um, I, I think my, for anybody installing strings and in cables, cool. uh, you know, it's probably uh, my w- number one recommendation is, is if they have a tune chart or a spec sheet or something, get real familiar with your bow. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I'll have, I'll have people like somebody will get a set of my strings and they'll say, well, you know, um, Hey Tom, I, uh, I, I couldn't get, I couldn't get my, uh, um, will give you an example say an Invicta 37, right? Mm-hmm. Say, I couldn't get my Invicta 37. Um, I had to to, uh, put or take twist out to get my uh, bow to 37 inches axle axle. Mm -hmm. I'm like, did you look at the spec sheet? Because (laughs) because an Invicta 37, there's not one not one of their bows is 37 inches axle axle. It's usually like the like the number one base cam is like I think it's 36 and a half number two is like 36 and seven eighths, you know on the svx cam and the dcx cam is you know 37 and a half and from 36 and three quarter to 37 and a half it's not you know it's not 37 right Holy so they're trying they're trying to get their 37 inch bow they advertise it as 37 so so I always tell folks, look, axle to axle and brace heights are just their manufacturers' approximates, right? Poundage, poundage, and and uh, your your poundage and your draw length should be your number one concern,
2: mm-hmm.
1: or number one and number two concerns. But but Invicta thirty seven, if you if you try to get that bow to thirty seven inches ax, axle to axle in your brace height,
0: you are one hundred percent right. I just pulled up the tune chart.
1: Yeah, it, that's just one example. If same you thing, go to
0: thirty-seven, you'll be wrong no matter what. Yeah. If you shoot an SVX cam, you'll be wrong yeah. no matter what your draw length is.
1: Yeah, same thing with the forty. You know, there's they have one base cam. I think it's the number one where the excuse me where the axle axle's forty. Uh-huh. You know, so get to know your bow. You know, look at the spec sheet if you can. Call a manufacturer. Yeah. Um, here's a, here's another good one, right? Uh, I'll just throw this out there, um, so that. Uh, uh, so i'm sure somebody will correct me if i'm wrong but the energy 35 remember the elite energy 35 mm-hmm. G- great bow and uh you know you get a set of s- s- guys are like oh man i can't get that let off you know i, I only want to be holding seven pounds on the back end you know and <laughs> yeah. but i'm at and i'm my axle axle is 35 inches i'm like well, why did you untwist my cables you know <laughs> Because, <laughs> because the true axle axle according to the spec sheet, I think is like 34 and 3 quarters plus or minus an eighth, oh. You know, so, so you've got to twist the – put my twist back in the cables and get it down to 34 and 3 quarters, and you'll get the let off that you're, that you're supposed to have. You know, so the same thing with uh, – I mean, Elite, elite uh, result, you know, people call it the Result 38, right? Mm-hmm. They really don't even call it a 38. They just, elite says it's a Result. Mm-hmm. But nowhere do they call it a re- but people are saying, well, I got the 38 incher. Right. Well, the axle the axle on that's 37 and three quarters, according to their spec sheet. So Holy cow. Y- <laughs> I so, didn't even know that. Yeah. So it's just, just, um, when you, when you folks get a bow, if you know, you take it for what it's worth, um, poundage more times than not, if you get your poundage correct and your draw length you know your draw length and your poundage are our main concern where the axle axle and brace height fall into place it, it you know if it's within inside uh, a quarter inch of the manufacturer's specs you know that you're good right don't because mm. you, you could drive yourself batty trying to get your axle axle and your brace height exactly the same um there now there's some bone manufacturers out there that or some models of bows out there that are spot on, like it'll be 36 inches axle axle and seven inch brace height. Right. Mm-hmm. That's that, that'll be spot on. But a lot of them are there. Even bone manufacturers will tell you that those are, those are just approximate numbers. They'll advertise, uh, uh got an energy 35. Well, it's not 35 really. It's 34 and three quarters, uh-huh. you know? So yeah. Or just, the,
0: a good example is like you said, with the Invicta, the SVX is if you're, If you're a a short draw length like myself, you're going to be under 37. And if you're 27 and a half over, you're going to be over an eighth of an inch.
1: Yeah. And I, and I, you know, as a string builder, I prefer that you don't take twists out of my cables. Because when I, (laughs) when I, 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 uh, uh, that's one thing that I, when I, when you build, get a set of strings from me, when I, my formula is set up to, uh, um, to where when I take it off the, the serving machine. When I'm done, my my st- strings are with uh, within plus or, plus or minus a sixteenth of an inch. If they're not, I'll throw them in the garbage. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't build my string and then twist it to length mm-hmm. or untwist it to length. My strings are what the specs are when they when, when they're done serving. And mm-hmm. and uh, since we're if you got a second, since we're off that topic uh, or on that topic when you measure a set of strings out of a package if you just lay it on the table it's going to be three sixteenths to a quarter inch short from mm-hmm. what you because um the way strings are measured it's on a quarter inch post industry standards is on a quarter inch post at 100 pounds per 20 seconds mm-hmm. so so if you get a set of strings and it you say oh my strings are short um well you know, did you put them, did you just, did you measure them at a hundred pounds on a quarter inch post for 20 seconds, you know, after 20 seconds. And, uh, so, um, and a lot of times people will take their old strings off out of a press. Right. Uh-huh. And then they'll try to put the new strings on and they're like, oh, these are going to be short. I have to press it more. Well, more than likely the strings that you took off probably moved or they, they elongated a little bit. So you're going to have to press your bow a little bit more, mm-hmm. you know, and then, um, then everything should be okay. And I, I'm I'm saying that for all string builders' benefit because a lot of us, when we talk, we're like, we all experience the same thing. Like, somebody will say, well, your strings are short. I had to press the bow more. Well, you, you had to press the bow more because you're putting brand new strings on that haven't moved, you know, mm-hmm. so. Right. Um, yeah. Anyways, I I could go on for hours about that stuff. but <laughs> now I love this,
0: man. Uh, yeah. Dude, yeah. Tom, like, this is why I wanted to interview you. Like, I have not interviewed... I've had a couple people like, hey, how come you're not interviewing any pro shooters right now? And it's like, oh, all right, well, the I will eventually, but most pros are all gonna say something that are inside of a, a McDonald's package, right? It's like mm-hmm. my bow shoots great, my string shoot great, you know, uh, buy X, Y, and Z brand of this thing that I'm selling, you know. Right. Uh, and I, I wanted to get you on because you're one, you're not a compromised guy, <laughs> right? Uh, you're, you know, like you said, a lone wolf, um, you know, the relationship we have is like, uh, well, you know, I consider you a friend, but I'm a customer also that, you know, I'm not getting any, uh, sponsorship deal from you. Um, but the other thing is you super knowledgeable, you, you know, I wanted to get a guest on that could educate the people that I listen to this show that not, you know, you're not going to try to just sell them some stuff. You know, you right, a, no. I, I really uh, respect that about you, it, especially your videos that you post up. It's you testing something and saying, hey, you guys check this out. You can you can do the same test, you know.
1: Yeah. It, yeah. I, I mean, I I like to do stuff like that. I, I, my goal is just to help. People. I'm not in it for the money. I just like people have fun shooting archery mm-hmm. um, and just I want them to be able to, you know, pick up their bow and just have fun and not have to worry about anything mm-hmm. you know just just go have fun and you know shoot the heck out of your bow and hopefully uh, the instrument that i gave you to uh you know to help you shoot your your machine uh allows you to not have to think about it you yeah.
0: know yeah i so, think that's really cool man and uh you know i i heard about you through me and my buddy Jim heard about you through Steve Anderson's social media posts, and um, mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure every time he does a post, you blow up with <laughs> string orders and stuff.
1: Yeah, I've worked, <laughs> I've gone through about four pounds of natural material. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Steve. I am I'm, I'm right. no
0: different. I'll push the natural material myself, you know. So, uh, it, it, it,
1: for for you, target guys, um, it, it's really it's really the way to go. I mean. Um, I built, um, I, if I'm, I could be wrong. Um, I can't remember, but I, I think I may, maybe Linda will correct me on this, but I think that she did break that world record with a three colored string. You really? Know? Um, yeah, I, 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 I want to say it was purple and white with a pinstripe or something. I could be wrong. I mm-hmm. it could have been a solid color string, but the, the way that the way I construct them, uh, the way any, any string builder, if you, if you know what you're doing, you can make a three color, two color string. Every bit as stable as a solid color string. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I, I think, I think there is an advantage to having more strands, like a a 28 strand natural string. Uh, when you guys shoot a lot of arrows and a lot of, you know, austere conditions, weather conditions, you know, I, I think that's the way to go. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: I think so too. But, I think, it yep. seems like it's out of the box. Uh, well, especially with the strings you're building, like on my bow, you know, twenty-eight. it's a 28-strand natural. Um, it seems like out of the box, it's not moving. And I normally give, you know, 500 to 1,000 shots, and then I'll check my timing again, you know. And
1: just, I, that's what I tell people all the time. Um, you know, they'll, they'll ask me, you know, do I... Do I need to shoot in the strings or whatever? I'm like, no, just put them on and shoot them.
0: <laughs> put them on, <laughs> rock and
1: roll. <laughs> just shoot, yeah. Put them on and, and shoot them. You know, you know. Actually, by the by the time you're done tuning, by time you by the time you get to installing your peep, you know, there. I mean, there's that's enough time probably for the, anybody's strings to settle in, anyways, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, but you know, they're constructed. If they're constructed properly, you could you could throw them on at a shoot and go out there and have no problem, you know? So, right.
0: Well, Um, man, uh, Tom, I I just want to say thanks for, uh, being a guest on my show. Uh, is there anything else you want to add? Is there anything I didn't didn't cover?
1: But, um, yeah, I want to to, tell, Austin, if he listens to this, the name of his company is High Voltage Bow Strings. Austin <laughs> <you know, laughs> Yeah, he he knows he knows his way around bowtex uh, really well. As a matter of fact, I used to build his strings back in the day. He became a uh, he started building bow strings and oh cool um, yeah. So there's uh, the we have those we have a group of guys. I have a group of guys like I said, John John Customs. Uh, he's on the East Coast. Austin lives in New Mexico right now. JBK is up in Maine. Um, we, you know, like I said, I'd be remiss if I didn't, uh, you know, um, you know, not, not thank everybody that's helped me throughout mm-hmm. the years. I, you know, you don't do this on your own. You just, when you, you do a lot of benchmarking and, and, uh, have, there's good people out there in the tree that are always willing to help. And I, I appreciate, yeah. I, yeah, I, I appreciate that, I, You know, I, I'm like, I told you earlier in the, in the podcast here. I don't walk into anywhere or 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 wake up in the morning um, without some humility. I right. Uh, I'm I'm always I don't I don't know everything. Don't claim to know everything, and I, I learn from somebody every day. Right. So, I, I
0: yeah. you know I love uh, I I walk a very similar path, man, because I think the guy that thinks he knows everything is normally the guy that falls flat on his face. You know? Yeah.
1: Well you know with that with that being said um you know my numbers on my website um i i like i said i tune. there's probably not a bow on the planet that i haven't tuned or set up and if you uh, uh except for gearhead i haven't done any of those do you want um, to <laughs> do you want to <laughs> <laughs> bring it on i mean i I'm, I'm like a mad i'm like a mad scientist you know i i'll I, I would love to play around with one of those, you know, but uh, but if but if anybody's got any questions, I I don't care. What about who the strings. older
0: primes? Do you, do you like building the seven uh, the seven string older primes?
1: No, <laughs> no. That's a lot of that's a lot of string material on a on a bow. I, I'm kind of I'm glad I'm glad that they went to a binary. Yeah, they're
0: doing the inline now. And, you know, what's funny is now it's like a selling point for them. They're like, oh, check this out. The new well, inline you know, system.
1: There's there's some people that do really well with those with the with the prime bow. So oh, yeah.
0: My buddy Brandon. Yeah. He's a he's a pro shooter for Prime and he's mm-hmm. won a ton of stuff with uh so you I, know, a handful of strings.
1: Yeah, do you, do you know you know uh Benton and Lindsey Christensen? Yeah. Yeah, so you know, they're from Idaho. They're we're Idaho is full of amazing archers, you know. Uh Of course, you have the Wilds, you have, you know, Steve and then all the folks like some of Steve's mentors, some some great shooters out there um, that uh, great teachers. And they just put up some amazing numbers and they just never, you know, they never go into, uh, you know, uh, you know, they don't go to big shoots or anything. But, Mm -hmm. you know, at the local shoots, they're just kicking butt. Uh There's some bad issues. Yeah. Yeah. I shot with Lindsay one time at a 3d shoot at the state shoot. And, uh, it was a marked yardage and, and I'm famous for setting my bows up the day before a shoot. I, I cause I, <laughs> I, I, don't, I work on everybody else's bows, so I don't have time to set mine up. Yeah. And, your gears last. And, yeah. And you know, and I, I've done pretty well over the years in three 3d shoots and unmarked yardage and, but I shot with Lindsay and, um, and, uh, Jennifer, the, the lady I told you about that does really well. In, in uh-huh. Anyways, so they were in my group and, and my marks were just way off. And I, you want to talk about somebody, uh, Lindsay and Jennifer? They're like, hey, just, um, just, you know, adjust your adjust your needle here and there. And I'm like, I mean, I'm, it was just humbling to shoot with two ladies that are <laughs> such just, badasses. Such <laughs> badass, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and and humble, uh, humble about it too. I Mm -hmm. mean, Lindsey's real quiet, humble, and so is so is Jennifer and their dad. The Benton Benton is a quiet, super Super quiet, super Super quiet. quiet. Yeah, and
0: he. What's so cool is um, my buddy and I saw we're shooting right next to Benton at the practice range, and we noticed he he had um a caliper release like a wrist strap caliper release, Mm -hmm. and then he also had uh his Evo. As well, like a a Carter Evo. My buddy is a my buddy Jim, huge fan of the Carter Evo, and he's like, Oh my god, like I got you know, I wonder why he's shooting, why he's pulling that Evo out, you know. And I was like, Go ask him. And sure enough, Jim went up and asked him, and and Benton just gave him a whole explanation like, No problem. Hey, I like shooting the Evo because it gets me in this in this uh rhythm of pulling back, and you know,
1: super cool guy,
0: you know, he'll take the time to sit down and explain his process you know
1: yeah we i shot against this you know i shot a little bit not a lot of indoor because i'm mostly a 3d guy but i was shooting next to him and he had his prime because we're talking about primes and mm-hmm. uh he was he says you want to you want to shoot my bow i'm like you're gonna let me shoot that you know what i mean because <laughs> i i don't you know i don't want to drop it or something you know it's benton christensen's bow uh-huh. and uh so you let me shoot that thing and he's got a unique way of setting up a bow but mm-hmm i'll tell you what that thing was like like i could have let go of the bow and it would have still stayed where it was at it was just amazing how how he had that thing balanced and set up so it was, it was pretty
0: that's cool he's
1: not super nice guy yeah yeah but anyways primes fine yeah I, I mean it's a lot of i, I build i built a lot of prime string sets i don't um i think uh the more you know i I think the more material that you put on a, on a on a string or a cam system it seems to me like that that would be um you know a weak link mm-hmm. in the system um but you know prime engineers uh no more than i do and um, <laughs> but it's that's just a lot of that's just a lot of a lot of string material <laughs> yeah you know, <laughs> you know but anyways but uh yeah so any, anybody that if anybody needs any help don't be afraid to email me text me yeah, uh, dude, I, you know hey yeah. i
0: appreciate it uh tom i know mm-hmm. i've i've bounced stuff off of you i've learned some stuff from you it's pretty cool it's changed the way i'm setting my bows up now so
1: well that, i'm that i could help i appreciate that oh well <clears throat> since uh since i started um you know i started out when i started out I'd, I'd strings for a, a few shops um, a couple shops and we had a really close relationship with the shop shops in the Valley there um, or, you know, in Idaho. Um, basically uh, I would build, build some strings for them and um, actually ended up uh, one of the shops said, Hey Tom, you know, um, would you mind if, uh, if I bought some string equipment, would you come and teach my guys how to build strings so I could build strings in my shop? And, and so I, sure. I, you know, I, I just, you know, I, I just wanted to I'll help anybody out. And I don't, you know, you're not, not hurt my feelings if you want to build your own strings. And, um, and so I helped uh, a shop build string. He bought you know, he bought machine and I taught his guys how to build strings. And there's another shop uh, um, there in Idaho, Archery Central, Danny Aiden build strings. Uh, really, really good guy. Um, great Great shop, and uh, he's from California actually originally. Really? Um, sur- surfer guy from California, and, <laughs> he, and got, uh, he
0: got sick of paying taxes. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, he's a super, yeah, super nice guy, humble, humble guy. Builds a good string set. Uh uh-huh. um, We shared ideas. We, you know, shared string specs, and um, I, you know, helped helped him with a few techniques, and um, and uh, I've even uh, even gone. Uh, had a had a guy in Canada, this is a real quick, funny story. Um, I had a guy in Canada say, hey, Tom, um, if I fly up here, um, I'm having a real hard time building. You know, I just can't get uh, consistent string. Um, if I fly up here, would you help me out? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, kind of, I just knew the guy from Archery Talk and then our little string, string building group, right? Uh-huh. And uh, so... Flies me up there, and I get the customs, (laughs) and and the the customs goes. So, what's your order of business up here, Mister Parkins? And I'm like, "Um, I'm going to, I'm going to see this friend. Go see a friend. He goes, What's your friend's name? I said, I tell him the name. He goes, How'd you meet this friend? And I said, On the internet. (laughs) 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 So, so this guy looks at me. He goes, Have you ever? have you ever uh like have you ever personally met him you just met him on the internet and you're going to see him and right then and there i'm thinking okay i i know how this looks i am I'm, I'm telling the customs and border, border patrol that i met this guy on the internet and i'm going up to meet him
0: <laughs> and
1: i'm like how am i going to get myself out of this i said I, he goes well where where does your friend live and work and i'm like um i don't know <laughs> <laughs> so I kept I kept digging myself this whole like, oh great, here I am up in Canada, you know, telling a law enforcement agent that I'm going to meet somebody I met on the internet, you know. <laughs> so anyways I got through custom. So I I've gone up the I went up there and and helped him uh figure out what, you know, just little tricks to uh, getting his, you know, peep from rotating or, or whatever issues that he was running into. Uh-huh. And you know, and then since I've been it, since everybody, you know, I you, you can't you can't take. Uh, so I've helped all the shops there. There's another great shop there, Advantage Archery in Twin Falls, Idaho. Uh, Caleb's an amazing guy. Um, I've helped him out with emergency sets of strings, and he's helped me out with uh, you know if I if I uh, needed some parts for a customer that brought in a bow that was messed up or whatever. So, so the whole archery community there in Idaho is just amazing. But anyways, uh, so I, um, I've, you know, uh, you can't take, in my opinion, you can't take, I I can't take people's money and not give back to archery. Mm -hmm. I can't, I just can't do it. Um, so over the years I've donated, um, thousands of dollars of, uh, my products, you know, free strings or, uh, you know, I'll I'll buy a, uh, ham ski, uh, donate hamsky, um, rest or something, you know, mm-hmm. out, out of my pocket to, to these clubs, because at the lower level, you know, who's, 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 you know, I, I feel like, you know, I want to give these young archers and, and, or any archer, um, give them a boost, help them, help them uh, progress in archery. Um, you know, so at the lower level, Myself and other folks like me, like John, uh, John's customs, he builds bows for, you know, veterans, you know, disabled veterans, that type of stuff. We all give back in some way, uh-huh. you know? So we, we, um, you know, uh, the state shoot, I, I, uh, I you know, um, the state shoot, they call it the jamboree there in Idaho, Bo- I've donated thousands of dollars of my product to them, uh, just strings and, you know, try to give out a, a few free strings, few string sets at every archery shoot Uh um so people can bid on them or the club can raise money or or just or just pass them off to somebody some some young kid gets a free set of custom strings you know and um so i i I like giving back um i've always given back to the archery community just just to help out because those clubs don't make a lot of money right you know so and uh so all the donations that they can get uh from from us guys at the lower level you know, I, I don't, you know, I haven't sponsored any big, you know, big sanction shoots, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but, but at the lower level, you know, um, folks like myself, the one of, you know, the one of custom spring builders, everybody I know gives back to the archery community. And, and, uh, so it's, uh, I, I think, I think we, you know, if, if I'm going to, if I'm going to you know, take money. I think I ought to give back in some form or fashion to, oh, to help to that, help people. That's you know? really cool, yeah. man. And you know,
0: I yeah. I believe you know I believe in that too. Um, I've I've long for a long time like shit on Greg Pool because Greg Pool says you know you guys need to respect the industry. The industry's everything, and I'm I'm mm-hmm. a A long time guy it's like no the little guy the consumer Mm -hmm. is everything like the especially the lower level shooters are the Mm -hmm. the guys that you know the the industry sits on or maybe stands on you know stands on the shoulders of so
1: yeah we i mean in some form or you know just you know just because we don't um you know sponsor um you know a sanctioned shoot you know, or big, you know, or ASA. I mean, I love ASA. I love IBO. I love all those organizations. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're what keeps the, you know, you know, USA archery and all that stuff. That That's what keeps the sport going and growing. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, but, you know, for us, little guys down here in the weeds who, you know, who's supporting the local clubs and who's, who's helping out the local clubs. But, you know, so that that's what I like to do. I like right. to help get the, the folks that are down here in the you know um you know, down here in the weeds so to speak. Um, I like to help support those and
0: well yeah, and those, the little guys the local clubs mm-hmm. and the little guys, that's what breeds the shooters that go to yep. the big IBO ASA yep. events. It's <clears throat> like it's like the grassroots yep. stuff. It's it's where it starts. And like yep. not taken mm-hmm. away from you know, the big companies that sponsor the big events, I love shooting the big events and it can't be done yep, without them. Yep. But Exactly. Yep. None of that happens without the local club and and yeah. the, the small the little guys, you know?
1: You know, and all those all those big guys started out at little guys. Yeah. You know, they, they all like uh I've had got really good advice from uh Eric when he used to be at uh Doinker. uh uh-huh. Um, you know, Doinker started in a garage. Um almost every the whole manufacturer, not both manufacturer, but some of these accessories and stuff, mm-hmm. started out in the garage somewhere. Yeah, you know, e- uh,
0: even Matthews was originally, I think the first Matthews bow was like a a high school project, right? It didn't, it wouldn't, I might be butchering this, but I thought the first Matthews well, bow was like a machining project. Uh, of, knowing him,
1: it probably was because that, that guy supposedly has ideas 10 years ahead of the bow that you're seeing now, he thought of 10 years ago, you know, so <laughs> that's cool. You know, so yeah. And, and so, yeah. And, and, uh, so er- everybody started out small somewhere. Right. And, uh, you know, micron chips started out in a basement, you know, you know, mm-hmm. micron computer industry. So, um, but, uh, not one, not any of the string builders that I know that are, um, you know, single guys like me, everybody I know, contributes back to their local archery communities or they build they'll build for shops some build for shops it might be only five ten strings a year but we help out shops when they have an emergency um i just can't build for a shop because i can't keep up yeah, shops volume's are too really, crazy. their volumes too crazy and i would i would be doing them a disservice if i told them that i could keep up with that with that and, and but i would be more than gladly help them out if they have an emergency they need a set of strings and, you know, a couple sets of strings for an emergency or, you know, um, so, you know, we do, we do give back. It, that's a big misnomer that, uh, that we don't give back. Um, right. and, and so I just wanted to kind of throw that out there and, you know, speak up a little bit for, for all of us little Hell guys yeah. out there. Hell uh, yeah. So I'm all about it, yep. man.
0: Uh, I've yep. long since been, a uh, like very pro the little guy and the private, you know, the, the, the private business, Mm -hmm. or the what's the word um small business guys you know
1: yeah and you know what and let me just put a little shout out to some of the bigger companies too like uh ears at vapor trail Mm -hmm. and uh, even even eric griggs has helped me out um eric used to be uh used to be a sales manager at brownell and he you know when they got a new product eric would make sure that our little guys us little guys would get a new product to test out and and ears at vapor trail, he knew, uh, you know, I, I sold his rest, sold a lot of vapor trail products, great product. And we talked about string manufacturing and business. He's helped me out, uh, you know, helped me out with my business. Uh, everybody helps everybody out. Yeah. There's comp there's friendly competition out there and some, some rib jabbing and stuff, but archery's archery's a great sport where everybody helps everybody out. And, uh, I, I truly appreciate it. So oh, right uh, on, that's, man. Uh, yep. Eric's cool. So,
0: Eric Griggs is cool. I, I I got to talk to him for a little bit too after, you know, the the way I, I talked about strings. He felt the need to, to call and just straighten things out and make sure I wasn't bad-mouthing anything, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so he's a cool guy. He's a nice guy. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, yeah. well, hey, thanks again, Tom, dude. Yep, no problem. Uh, like I said, I love what you do. Uh, I'm a big fan, and uh, I'm going to continue to support you and, and the strings until, you know, I don't know (laughs) until until I find something else, I guess, but uh, I could
1: tell everybody I I appreciate the trust. And uh, if, uh, if I screw up, I always make it right. uh, You uh, got my hand, you got my handshake deal on that.
0: Yeah. Thank you, man. Uh, Again, that's like a customer service thing you don't get from these other companies. It's, it's crazy. Um, You know, it's the one of the things that blew away. Jim was like, dude, this guy calls to make sure I'm all right. (laughs) Like I was like, Oh yeah, dude, (laughs) me too.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So Yeah, no, I, I, I get that quite often. They're like, "Why are you, why are you?" Well, I'm just making sure you're okay. Make sure everything went on okay. I mean, and I put out a lot of strings out there, and I, you know, I'm not joking. Every one of you guys and gals, I consider my friend. You know, and that's cool. Um, yep. So,
0: uh, if people want to find you, Tom. They can find you on. Mm-hmm. I found you on Facebook. Uh, mm-hmm. it's Tom Parkinsons. It's Park, uh, hyphen and hyphen Sons. Right.
1: Yeah, Um, yeah, it's it's a play off my name, you know, because I've, you know, my last name's Parkinson, like, and uh, so I made I'll just do (laughs) Parkinson's archery, but neither one of my sons have no interest in my (laughs) archery, so (laughs) I should have just should have just named a Big Daddy (laughs) Bowstring or something, but
0: (laughs) I like I like the I like what you got going. It's good. It's classy.
1: Yeah, yeah, you can find me on my Facebook page. It's uh, Parkinson's Archery or um, uh, my website's park and It's there's no hyphen, but it's Park and Sons Archery. Not the I's just not in there like my last name. I know it's confusing, but Archery dot com and my phone numbers at the top of the page. If you want to text or call and ask any questions, hell yeah,
0: awesome. Well, thank you, Tom. Yes, sir. Thank you. Hey, have a good weekend, buddy. You too. See ya.